Hi, this is Jesse, and you're listening to Clinical Pearls. Cancers of the ovary, fallopian tube, and peritoneum may be more effectively treated if the links between them are more widely recognized and explored. This is the foundation behind FIGO's revised classification system of ovarian cancer that now includes ovarian, fallopian tube, and peritoneal malignancies. Prior to this, it had been presumed that cancer in the fallopian tube was rare, but more recent histological, molecular, and genetic evidence has shown that as many as 80% of epithelial ovarian tumors are actually from the fallopian tube. In this podcast, we're going to review the revised FIGO system that combines the classification for ovarian, fallopian tube, and peritoneal cancers based on findings made through surgical exploration. It has been presumed that fallopian tube malignancies were rare. However, histological molecular and genetic evidence does show that as many as 80% of tumors that were otherwise classified as high-grade serous carcinomas of the ovary or of the peritoneum may have originated in the fimbrial end of the fallopian tube. Therefore, the incidence of fallopian tube cancers may have been substantially underestimated. These new data support the view that high-grade serous ovarian, fallopian tube, and peritoneal cancers should be considered collectively, and that the convention of designating malignancies as having an ovarian origin should no longer be used, unless that is clearly the origination site. It has been suggested that extrauterine tumors of serous histology arising in the ovary, fallopian tube, or peritoneum might be better described collectively as Malurian carcinomas or serous carcinomas. Malignant tumors of the ovaries occur at all ages with variation in histological subtype based on age. For example, in women younger than 20 years of age, germ cell tumors predominate, while borderline tumors typically occur in women in their 30s and 40s. Now, this is 10 years or more younger than in women who have invasive epithelial ovarian cancer, which mostly occur after the age of 50. The lifetime risk of a woman in the U.S. of developing ovarian cancer is about 1 in 70, so that's always an important clinical pearl to remember. About 23% of gynecological cancers are ovarian in origin, but almost 50%, that's 47%, of all deaths from cancer of the female genital tract unfortunately occur in women with ovarian malignancy. Ovarian epithelial tumors may arise within endometriosis or cortical inclusions of malurian epithelium, likely from a form of endosalpingiosis when it occurs within the tube. These include low-grade endometrioid carcinomas, clear cell carcinomas, borderline and low-grade serous carcinomas. This can also include the mucinous carcinoma type. These tumors are thought to evolve slowly from lower-grade precursor conditions like a cyst adenoma or an endometriotic cyst and are classified as type 1 tumors. 
Fallopian tube carcinomas arise in the distal fallopian tube, and the majority of these are high-grade serous carcinomas. These are thought to evolve rapidly from more obscure precursors and are therefore designated as tumor type number 2. This latter group encompasses the high-grade endometroid carcinomas and carcinosarcomas. All of these high-grade carcinomas are nearly always associated with mutations in the TP53 gene. Now, before we get into the changes of the surgical staging scheme, we have to briefly review the lymphatic drainage as it relates to metastatic spread. So, let's do that next. The lymphatic drainage of the ovaries and fallopian tubes is via the utero-ovarian, infundibulopelvic, and round ligament pathways. As an accessory route, there's the external iliac route into the following regional lymph nodes, the external iliac, common iliac, hypogastric, lateral sacral, paraaortic lymph nodes, and occasionally the inguinal nodes. The peritoneal surfaces can drain through the diaphragmatic lymphatics and hence to the major venous vessels above the diaphragm. Regarding other metastatic sites, the peritoneum, including the omentum and pelvic and abdominal viscera, are the most common sites for dissemination of ovarian and fallopian tube cancers. This includes the diaphragmatic and liver surface. Pleural involvement is also seen. Other extraperitoneal or extrapleural sites are relatively uncommon, but they of course can occur. After systematic pathological analysis has excluded a tubal or ovarian site of origin, malignancies that appear to arise primarily on the peritoneum have an identical spread pattern and frequently may involve the ovaries and fallopian tubes secondarily. These peritoneal tumors are thought to arise in areas of endosalpingiosis. Regarding imaging as part of the pre-op process for ovarian cancer staging, although CT scans can delineate intra-abdominal spread of disease to a certain extent, ovarian, fallopian tube, and peritoneal cancers should be staged primarily surgically. Operative findings determine the precise histological diagnosis, stage, and therefore the prognosis for the patient. In selected patients with advanced stage disease, it may be appropriate to initiate chemotherapy prior to surgical intervention, and in these cases, there should be histological or cytological confirmation of the diagnosis prior to starting neoadjuvant chemo. Chest x-rays may serve as a screen for pleural effusions. As distant metastases are infrequent, there is no requirement for other radiological evaluation unless the patient is symptomatic. Serum CA125 levels may be useful in determining response to chemo, but they do not contribute to staging. Regarding the histological types of malignancy, the majority of cases of ovarian cancer are of epithelial origin. Serous carcinomas are the most common in both the ovary and the tube. More than 90% of fallopian tube carcinomas are serous or high-grade endometroid adenocarcinomas. Non-epithelial cancers, although uncommon, are also extremely important. These include granulosa cell tumors, 
germ cell tumors, sarcomas, and lymphomas. FIGO still endorses the WHO histological typing of epithelial ovarian tumors. It is recommended that all ovarian epithelial tumors be subdivided into their specific histological type. Here is some of the histological classification regarding ovarian, fallopian tube, and peritoneal neoplasias. Serous tumors are the first class and are the most common. Then there's mucinous tumors, endometrioid, clear cell, Branner tumors, and the undifferentiated carcinomas. This group of malignant tumors is of epithelial structure, but they are too poorly differentiated to be placed in any specific group. There are also mixed epithelial tumors. These tumors are composed of two or more of the five major cell types of common epithelial tumors. The types are usually specified. There's also cases with high-grade serous carcinoma in which the ovaries and fallopian tubes appear to be incidentally involved and not the primary origin. These can be labeled as peritoneal carcinomas or serous carcinomas of undesignated site at the discretion of the pathologist. All right, now that we've finished that, let's take a quick break before we get into more specifics as we lead up to the staging classification. All right, we're moving on in our podcast and are about to get into the staging classification specifics. But as we've just covered the different histological types, we have to say something about the histological grade. Epithelial tumors of the ovary and fallopian tube are further subclassified based on their histological grade, which can be correlated with the patient's prognosis. However, and remember, here's a clinical pearl, the grading system only applies to epithelial tumors of the ovary and fallopian tube. It does not apply to non-epithelial tumors. All right, as promised, here is the FIGO staging scheme for cancer of the ovary, fallopian tube, and peritoneum. Remember, this is surgical staging. Stage 1 is tumor confined to the ovaries or the fallopian tube. This is subdivided into stage 1A, 1B, and 1C. 1C is further subdivided into types 1, 2, and 3, but we'll get into that in just a minute. Stage 1 is further subdivided into stage 1A, which is tumor limited to one ovary with a capsule intact or tumor limited to the fallopian tube. There's no tumor on the ovarian or fallopian tube surface and there's no malignant cells in the ascites or washings. Stage 1B is tumor limited to both ovaries with capsules intact or tumor limited to the fallopian tube. Again, there's no tumor on the ovarian or fallopian tube surface and there's no malignant cells in the ascites or peritoneal fluid. Stage 1C is when there's tumor limited to one or both ovaries or the fallopian tube, but with any of the followings. Surgical spill, which is subdivided as 1C1, or with capsule rupture that happened before surgery, or if there's tumor on the ovarian or fallopian tube surface, that is stage 1C2, or now 1C3, which is malignant cells in the ascites or peritoneal washings. That wraps up stage 1. Stage 2 is tumor involvement of one or both ovaries or fallopian tubes, but with pelvic extension below the pelvic brim. Stage 2 also includes peritoneal cancer. Stage 2 is further subdivided into A and B. 
Stage 2A is extension and or implants on the uterus and or on the fallopian tube and or on the ovaries. Stage 2B is extension to other pelvic yet intraperitoneal tissue. That wraps up Stage 2. Stage 3 is tumor involving one or both ovaries or fallopian tubes or peritoneal cancer with the following. There must be cytologically or histologically confirmed spread to the peritoneum outside of the pelvis and or there could be metastasis to the retroperitoneal lymph nodes. Now, stage 3 is further divided into stage 3A1, 3A2, 3B, and then 3C. So let's look at each one of these subdivisions in more detail. Stage 3A1 is positive retroperitoneal lymph nodes by cytology or histology. This is further subdivided based on the size of these metastases. If they're less than 10 millimeters, then 3A1 is subtype 1. But if they're greater than 10 millimeters, then 3A1 is subtype 2. Now, stage 3A2 is microscopic extrapelvic, that's above the pelvic brim, peritoneal involvement with or without positive retroperitoneal lymph nodes. Stage 3B is macroscopic peritoneal metastasis beyond the pelvis that are up to 2 centimeters in greatest dimension. This can occur with or without metastasis to the retroperitoneal lymph nodes. So remember, stage 3B is macroscopic peritoneal implants up to 2 centimeters in greatest dimension. This brings us close to a wrap of stage 3, which is stage 3C. This is macroscopic peritoneal metastasis beyond the pelvis that are more than 2 centimeters with or without metastasis to the retroperitoneal lymph nodes. And this includes extension of tumor to the capsule of the liver and the spleen without true parenchymal involvement of either organ. That brings us to a wrap of stage 3. But it's important to do a quick recap of that because it can get kind of confusing. Stage 3 is divided into stage 3A1, 3A2, stage 3B, which remember was macroscopic peritoneal implants beyond the pelvis more than 2 centimeters, and then stage 3C, which again is macroscopic peritoneal mets beyond the pelvis more than 2, with or without metastasis to the retroperitoneal nodes, but stage 3C includes extension of tumor to the capsule of the liver and the spleen. This brings us to the end of our classification, which is stage 4, which is distant metastasis excluding peritoneal involvement. Stage 4A is pleural effusion with positive cytology. Remember, pleural effusion is not enough. It requires cytology confirmation of malignant cells. And stage 4B, which is parenchymal metastasis and metastasis to extra-abdominal organs, including the inguinal lymph nodes and lymph nodes outside of the abdominal cavity. All right, podcast family, we've just covered the revised FIGO classification staging system for ovarian cancer, which now does not exist in isolation. It now includes the fallopian tube and the peritoneum. So this is better designated the classification of staging of the OVFTP system. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Clinical Pearls. We'll see you next time.